Hey ladies and gentlemen, this is David Benjamin, your host of the Healthy, Wild, and Free podcast. And I'm really excited today for this podcast interview because the person I have on the call with me is someone that I see as a true modern day hero and someone who's uh, a very inspiring individual who uh, has taken a set of circumstances in life and has turned them into basically the most positive <laughs> outcome you can you can uh, bring into your life and into the lives of others. And uh, from his story and from his uh, journey in life, uh, a movie was actually created and it's called Unconditional. It's actually one of my favorite films. I have recommended it to everyone in my family and it's just something that I, I really feel uh, to understand love and to understand unconditional love, it's a great representation of that. So today we have on the call Papa Joe Bradford, and you can call him Papa Joe because I'm sure a lot of people call him that, uh, especially uh, eight, he has eight kids, so he keep, definitely keeps him busy. Um, he, like I said, he is the inspiration behind the movie Unconditional, and he runs a, non, a nonprofit organization that he's the CEO and founder of. Uh, called Elijah's Heart, and you can learn more about that at Elijah'sHeart.com, and we'll talk more about um, that as well as other projects he's working on uh, at the end of the interview. But um, Joe, glad to have you on the call. How are you doing today? Oh, I am so happy to be here. Looking uh, forward to it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> glad to have you be a part of it. So um, the first question I want to ask you is, you know, your story and your journey has so much depth and so much uh, range to it and many people that uh, have had similar journeys um, haven't done what you have with what you've had and you've created so much positivity um, in your life so can you kind of share your story with with the audience and and share how neg potentially negative or detrimental life experiences led to a positive for you I sure can David my story is definitely one of transformation um, Years ago, uh, in the early 80s, I was an honor student in engineering at the University of Tennessee. And at the point of graduating, um, I was—I had a job uh, waiting on me at IBM. Uh, they were going to be paying me pretty well. But on the, on the dare, I, um, I actually hacked into a bank. I, by day, I was a, a tutor three programming languages, uh, computer programming languages, but by, by night, I was one of the original computer hackers. And um, like I said, on the day, I actually I hacked into a bank in a way that it had never been done before. And let's just say they, they didn't like it, and <laughs> it uh, got me into a, a lot of trouble. I, um, I ended up um, uh, being incarcerated. I didn't get to see IBM. Um, and so uh, I ended up in prison in a very dark place. And there I found myself in some brawls trying to protect some friends. And in uh, one brawl that uh, you'll see in the movie, I um, almost killed this guy trying to protect someone. And they put me in solitary confinement for 40 days. And at that point, I, I believed... Uh, Something touched my heart in that in that dark spot. Uh, when I got out of uh, prison, um, I moved to uh, Nashville, Tennessee. I was born in Nashville, but I grew up in a small town. Moved to Nashville and met this lady uh, named Denise. Uh, her character is also in the movie. Um, and uh, I believe uh, she was used as an instrument to actually turn my life around. Uh, we ended up getting married uh, after... A couple of years or so married, um, I lost both my kidneys, David. Wow. And um, 
I found myself on a dialysis machine for uh, nine hours a day, and uh, that was unbelievable. We lost any source of funds and ended up in the projects. And um, there is where uh, everything just turned around. Um, this little child that I knew, um, I would walk her to class, um, and um, uh, one day on the, on the way home, uh, I took a different direction. As I would walk with her and her dad, and uh, she saw her dad killed in front of her, beaten to death. And the child came running to, to, into my arms. It was like, okay, what's wrong? And she said, well, they, they just killed my daddy. And so I, you know, that was my introduction into the inner city, uh, all the tragedy that goes on. Well, two weeks after that, Denise and I were uh, doing a choir of inner city children uh, in one of the projects in Nashville. We were going to be singing at the Ronald Auditorium in Nashville. Uh, and at rehearsal, a 12-year-old girl uh, came up to me, and her face had been swollen, uh, guys, and uh, she had been beaten. And so uh, my wife, uh, Denise and I, we kind of counseled with the, with the child and went and see what actually happened. When we got back, it was, you know, we had about 60 or 70 children. They were just uh, there eating lunch uh, in between practice uh, times. And the girl's little sister walked up to me and said, uh, will you be my dad? And so I thought the, the child was kidding. Well, her best friend walked up to me and said, uh, will you be my dad? So I'm thinking these children ain't like cahoots together. That's what we say in the country. You know? um, but they, they were not. Uh, and a little boy heard it and came up and said, will you be my dad? And so before I knew it, I had 30 to 40 children. Uh, surrounding me saying, will you be my dad? Will you be my dad? They didn't ask me what my qualifications were. Had I ever been a dad? They just thought having a dad uh, was something that was to be highly esteemed because we didn't have that thing. So I went home. Uh, the next week we came back to rehearsal, and uh, they said, Mr. Joe, Mr. Joe. And I told them at that point, uh, you know, they all could call me Papa Joe. And uh, that day my name was changed. And after that, oh, my goodness, we started working with kids all over the place. <laughs> very cool. <laughs> wow, it's a very interesting story, and it's cool to hear your actual story, after, especially after seeing the movie and, and hearing, um, you know, the, the details and the different things that, that weren't portrayed in the movie. Um, one question I have for you, and this is something, you know, obviously being incarcerated is difficult, um, and, and being in, in uh, solitary confinement for 40 days, a lot has to, you have to process a lot, you know, during that time, I would imagine. What, what did you, first of all, how long were you incarcerated and what did you learn through that very tough time in your life? Oh my goodness, uh, so much happened in an experience. I was incarcerated, I was given eight years at 30%. Uh, they pretty much wanted to make an example out of me. It wasn't so much of a, uh, of how much I took in the bank. I actually only took $200 and returned it, but I had the potential of taking $2 million, and that's why I was uh, put in prison. And so um, while I was there, it was, it was, it was 18 months. Um, uh, at one spot, the, uh, the warden didn't know how to use his uh, computer system. He had a new computer system, and so they knew I was a hacker. And so they made me uh, a, a, a trustee, and I actually trained the, uh, his whole uh, manage, uh, management group how to use the computer system, and I 
uh, got a lot of favor in that particular area, and I actually set up a a GED class and helped about thirty oh, about thirty inmates get their GED while I was in when I actually was incarcerated. But there was some uh, a lot of uh, I don't know fights to go on in prison, and um, I grew up studying martial arts, and you see that in the movie. Um, and uh, one day. Um, you know, something happened with a friend. I just, I just couldn't stand by and watch. And I was put in solitary confinement. Well, forty days is a long time in where I was at the time. I was at Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary at this point. I was only supposed to be there six days. I was only going through there to be classified to go to work release. But on the six days when I came out and got into the fight, it's the same time. Um, in history that James Earl Ray was in Brushing Mountain State Penitentiary, the guy that killed Martin Luther King, believe it or not. Wow. So, yeah, it was amazing. We actually, you know, a lot of movies you have, uh, you have scenes that they just, you know, deleted scenes. Mm. We actually, we actually did a scene with a, with a guy, a character we had that looked just like James Earl Ray. And uh, we just didn't put it in the movie. A lot of red tape to do something like that. And so we left it out. But that's one of the... Uh, pieces of trivia I guess in my life with <laughs> Yeah, man. But in, in forty days in um Sartre confinement in a notorious prison is just unbelievable. But I had a dream. I actually had a dream while I was in there. I had a dream of a red rose floating down a river. And in my estimation I thought that a red rose uh meant the love of God towards someone and also the love of a of a man for a woman. Well when I got out of a prison and moved to Nashville, I believe I met my red rose and I met Denise. Very cool. That's awesome. <laughs> was there any was there any experience within solitary confinement where I mean it, I've never been in solitary confinement and to be honest, as crazy as it sounds, I kind of would like to be in solitary confinement just to just to know what it's like. And I think there's a lot of uh, it, it, it has to build some character and some depth to build some strength and some willpower and and like it you know your spirit is you know it can, it can be broken in that in that space um and there's it has to build a certain resilience was there was there a point where you felt like you were going crazy or you know emotions were just you you didn't know the difference between you and your emotions or something like that along those lines oh my gosh at Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary at the time, they've actually closed that particular prison. You know, it's just uh, not li- wasn't livable. Um, yeah, there were times where I thought I was losing my mind. Uh, I, I didn't know if it was day or night, you know, in the place I was, it really had me. It was just a dark hole, one small room. And um, um, another thing, I, I grew an afro, you know, it was huge. I was I was about six feet tall. I'm I'm five foot uh, six, David. But when I was incarcerated, I was in a solitary confinement. I grew to about six feet tall because my afro was so high, man. <laughs> so, uh, I didn't recognize myself when I came out of there because I had my beard was big, my afro. But yeah, I, I thought I was uh, at times uh, I was going to lose my mind. But when I went, when I was incarcerated. I uh, I was full of pride, you know. I I have to admit it. I was like, you know, I was full of pride, and um, um, there a lot of good actually came out of that bad experience. It, it humbled me. Mm-hmm. It, it humbled it humbled my heart, and I realized that um, you know my life would be much better off if I was a humble man and a servant to others. 
than someone lifted up in pride, thinking that they uh, were better than other people around them. Mm-hmm. Very cool. <laughs> so, so you went in as Joe, and you came out as Moses, and you went in with an ego, and you, you came out without one. <laughs> exactly, man. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. And uh, you know, it's it's interesting too because I, I I haven't heard many stories of someone being incarcerated for being too smart, but you know, you're you're. Your knowledge, and, and that's one thing that's interesting too. That's one thing that I, I love about your story is that I think a lot of times people get really they get really caught up in in their brain power and their in their knowledge and their you know look what I can do and, and it's all based in pride and ego and you know right and it, it's just it's it's not it's not the best way to live and I think for you I think that transformational journey helped you find your heart space and you you be, you became more grounded and centered and balanced and. Um, that, that was a huge, obviously turning point in your life. So, so you, so you moved to natural after that. Um, what, what happened then you, you, you met Denise and then you started this was, it was basically like a after school kids program, right? Right. We were, um, uh, one of the creative, it's a a couple of uh, things we call creative license in the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll go ahead and tell you, this is one of, one of the two main ones. Uh, uh, in the movie, uh, Denise and I are not yet married. And that was, uh, you know, uh, the timing of the movie, it changed a little bit. We actually were married when, when I got into the project. And so that's one little piece of creative license. Um, but uh, the first day there, this, uh, this music, deaf girl came to, our, came to the door. And um, I didn't know, I, I didn't know the girl couldn't talk. And so Denise goes back in the, in the, into our kitchen, and she comes out and brings a piece of candy to the child, where there, there were 50 children living on our street. Well, what happens when you give one child a piece of candy, baby? The whole block <laughs> comes flocking. <laughs> exactly, man. And so even though uh, she couldn't talk, the language of, of candy talked for her. And we had kids coming to our house, man, just for candy. Literally, that's how we got started working with children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And, and it, was, it was a bait and switch. It was like, here's some candy. This is what you think you want, but we got love for you. <laughs> right. And we actually keep, I've got, believe it or not, I've got over $30,000 worth of candy that's wow. been donated to, to our organization. And we keep candy on hand just as a relational tool. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Interesting. But yeah, and then the kids were coming. Uh, mothers would drop off the kids at the house. I don't know if they thought we were a daycare or what. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I loved education, so I wanted, you know, we wanted to help these children. And so we, uh, we started helping them after school and giving them rewards if they did well. And it, it was really fun, mm-hmm. you know. And um, that's how we got, work, got to working, you know, with the children. Mm-hmm. Something as simple as a piece of candy. Mm-hmm. What 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 sparked that that uh, that inspiration in your heart to work with children after after at that point in your life? Like what what sparked that? Well, um, like I said, when um, my experience my experience in prison, uh, I just have to say it humbled me, and I um, I wanted to I wanted my life to be worth something. I wanted to. I wanted to help other people, you know, not focus on myself. And so, you know, with all these children, uh, you know, I couldn't do, um, I couldn't do what I, you know, went to college for, you know, after that. And so I figured, well, 
God must have, you know, must have uh, had a purpose in all of this, you know, to redeem me. And so I could think of no better thing than to help children. You know, I figured if we could help the lives of the children, you know, it could help change society. And so, you know, that's what we started doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Very cool. Uh, it really wasn't anything complicated, David. It's just that, you know, to love these children was just a natural thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. That's completely true. And and do you think some of the, the things that, like, came into your life, like you said, you know, the the girl who saw her father killed and, and the and the the uh, the kids asking you to be their father was that was that during was that before or during this the these um this kind of like culmination of of uh, of Elijah's heart oh my gosh what how Elijah's heart got formed well um after you know I became Papa Joe let's just say that and um these kids were coming we were helping them with uh, you know the schoolwork, we also saw that they were very hungry when they came to our house, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we were living in the projects with them, but, you know, we did everything we could to get food for these kids. And, uh, you know, there would be kids so the water would be cut off, the electricity, you know, just, you know, basic needs, you know. Um, and so Denise had this crazy idea, and she said, why don't we take flyers all over our community, and it was 300 homes, David. Why don't we take flyers all over the community and see who else is hungry, and then we can go out and try to get help for them. Now, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this is crazy because we lived in the project and we didn't have the help already, but we did it. We actually took flyers in the whole community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Faith is like something that you do before you see which, how you're going to get it worked out, you know? <laughs> so right. We took flyers, and people would call us, and we would go out and talk to churches and, you know, businesses and say, look, we got all these kids over here, can you help us? Oh, well, you know, people help. And we, we named that, that, um, that program uh, the Walk of Love. And we would get volunteers and go take the food to the families that would call in. And then Denise uh, had another crazy idea. She said, why don't we do this all over the city? And so we started taking flyers. We got a team together and took flyers to communities all over the city. People would call like mad. And so we would go again to churches, businesses, you name it, and uh, we would just get food for all these kids. Mm-hmm. And um, what can I tell you? One crazy experience that we actually have online. There's um, there's one walk of love experience. We call it the uh, we call it the grocery card miracle. We were promised a, a, a truckload of food for about I don't know two hundred and some odd families. Uh, on for one walk of love event, and uh, the Friday before the Saturday at five o'clock, uh, we got a call and they, they said, "Look, Papa Joe, I'm sorry, there was a mix-up. We can't get the food." And so we've got like over 200 families waiting on us <clears throat> to bring food the next day. We don't have anything, and so we basically we just got on our knees and prayed. Let's be straight with you, man. And <laughs> um. We got a call. Uh, this lady uh, that we knew uh, called me, and she said, uh, Papa Joe, I just found $8,000. Now, David, have you ever lost uh, or found $8,000 before? I don't think, I think the most I've <laughs> lost is 20 bucks, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this was a wealthy lady, man. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, I don't know how I lost it, but I found it in an account, and I think I'm supposed to give it to you. 
And so wow. we we took that eight thousand dollars and we went out and brought a grocery gift cards. Yeah, man. And the next day we gave away grocery gift cards to over two hundred families. We That's actually have it on it's actually on YouTube. If if you uh if you uh go to YouTube and search for Walk of Love and something like grocery uh, gift card okay. and you'll find it. You actually see a video of it, man. Cool. I'll, I'll put I'll put that video on my website too because that sounds really cool. Um, yeah, man. So so walk of love that I like I like that name. What it how what is what is that? How did that name come about? And what does that name mean to you personally? What it means to me, I believe, <clears throat> when this child saw her dad beaten to death in front of her, uh, there was no weapon that I had. I, I was a you know like I said in the movie you know I wanted to be a the first black samurai because I trained in martial arts, but there was no weapon that I had. I, I threw nunchucks, you know, and I could fight pretty well. No mm-hmm. physical weapon could help this child, man. The only weapon that could help this child and all these children was love. Mm-hmm. That's the only weapon. And so uh, we call it the walk of love. It's not a walk of, it's not a walk like a marathon. No, we actually walk into the inner city communities and the places that most people don't want to go. And uh, we find the uh, fatherless and homeless and, you know, the kids and families that just really need help, that people have turned their back on, you know, oftentimes. And uh, the least of these, as they say, uh, you know, we uh, we take needs to them, just necessities. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, it's, it, it's a walk of love. It's something that I think that, you know, every Christian can, you know, take part in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even non-Christians, too. I think everyone should. <laughs> oh, man, we get all kinds, man. We've had people come to Walk of Love that, that know nothing about Jesus. But, you know, when they touch these children's lives and they say, look, we're going in the name of, of Christ, you know, people get saved. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? It's amazing. That's cool. Yeah, it's such a... It's such a it, I, I love that name because it, it encompasses so much. It's, it's a practice, you know. It's not, like you said, it's not a marathon. It's a practice, and, and just practicing that, um, that's, that's what Jesus taught, you know, that's, that's the main lesson that he taught was to walk in love and practice love, so um, I love that name. Um, so, so, so what do you have going on now? So uh, what is Elijah's heart exactly then? How's, how's that different? Well, well, right now, uh, the, the, uh, the program, uh, we're, we're working on a national walk of love program, David, which is... Uh, uh, you know, we're really excited about it. We get truckloads of uh, of food and you name it to give away. I mean, God really graces us to get stuff free. Uh, and, you know, a lot of stuff donated to our organization. Um, well, um, I got to meet the CEO of the largest retail company in the world last year. I got to meet the CEO of Walmart at the uh, Walmart headquarters. And uh, I got to talk with uh, leadership of Walmart. And um, there's an idea that I, I came to them with uh, that has to be done on a mass basis for it to work. Um, have you ever uh, used a baby registry or a wedding registry, uh, David? Yeah. You know what that is? Yeah. Well, um, I know the women out there know what that <laughs> is. Well, there's also a wish, a wish list registry okay, at Walmart. And, you know, I'm, I'm an old computer guy, and I think in, the, in terms of systems, well, they have an infrastructure with this registry system. Well, imagine this. Imagine putting the meal for 
uh, homeless children or orphan children or refugee children that are refugees on uh, on the wish list. Imagine putting a meal for a family like that on the wish list. Now multiply that times a hundred, or times a thousand. That that's what we're setting up uh, right now at this moment uh, with with uh, with Walmart, where uh, you know with a wish list you basically go online and uh, you say, well look, you know I'd like to uh, I'd like to put money towards uh, corn, okay. And uh, right there online, you can uh, order some corn. It'll be sent directly to our shipping and receiving warehouse. And uh, we get volunteers together, and uh, we can go in any city in the country and uh, pack food and take it directly to the homes of the children that need it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, so, and we've got a site called thegiftregistry.org, dot thegiftregistry.org. And right now, people can go online and give us a name and email. And um, beginning in October, we're going to kick this thing off, man. And it's going to be amazing. That's really it's just, it's just numbers, David. Just to give you an idea. We can get, we can get like, uh, for $7, we can get 10 cans of uh, vegetables. Okay, for seventy dollars we can get a hundred cans. For seven hundred dollars we can get a thousand cans of vegetables. Believe it or not, wow. on this registry. And so we really want to. We really want to set up the largest food drive that's ever been done in this country. That's our. That's our. Uh, that's our mission right there, man. Wow, <laughs> that, that's really cool. And it's cool that you're leveraging Walmart and technology to scale it like that, because that's that. That makes sense. Um, so, so if I, if, if, if I, or someone listening wants to give, can they, can they actually choose what they want to give to? Cause my listeners are very much into, uh, being healthy and, and having, you know, a healthy food and a healthy lifestyle. So can they, can they buy organic and, and healthy foods for, for people? Yeah, we're getting as much, uh, uh let's just say quote, healthy food as we can, you know, on, on the registry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just food, um, with personal care items are one of the most, uh, uh, one of the biggest things in demand, you know, if you're talking about fatherless and poor children. Uh, I went into a home of a single mother in uh, one of the uh, poorest projects in Nashville. She had six, six children, okay? Mm-hmm. I went, I went, I went, just went to visit. I went into the rest, restroom and there was no toilet paper, David. There was a yellow pages phone book there with a third of the pages torn out, okay? Mm-hmm. They were using the yellow pages as toilet paper, man. Mm-hmm. You know, this this type of thing shouldn't be in our country. Right. And so one of the things that we're doing on this registry, we're going to be able to get toilet paper, deodorant, uh, feminine, you know, products for the, for the women, things that you can't buy with food stamps or nobody, you know, and people that, you know, things that people rarely donate. And we'll be able to get things like that also on this registry, man. Right. That's really cool. Um, I have I have a question for you regarding like you know uh, working with kids. What 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 changes? And, I, and what's interesting in the movie is how that girl, uh, the little girl who um, I, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm not really clear on the story now. But the little girl in the movie, it was I think her mom got burned in a fire. Was that the representation of the, the right, girl? Right. Yes. Exactly. The one that couldn't speak well. Yeah. yeah. So like what I guess the question I have would be. What changes have you seen with working with kids like, you know, people, kids that have 
have seen a lot of you know really difficult trauma in their lives how have you seen transformations occur just by you know spending time with them and and loving on them and and uh, being there for a support system for them well you know my answer to that is this you you are what you eat uh, and uh if these kids eat eat tragedy, if they eat drugs, if they eat a life of it, and I'm talking about what they take into their lives, and I, you know, I'm talking parabolically, you know, if they, you know, if they're eating alcohol, you know, I'm talking, you know, if this is a part of their lives really deep, you know, that's what they're going to become. They're going to become alcoholics and drug addicts. So what we do, we, we want to take volunteers, you know, and put them in these kids' lives. You know, someone like you who has a, uh, who has a fight for health and then just well-being, uh, we want to take someone like you and introduce you to these kids and let them see, ha- let them have vision. Without vision, these kids are destroyed. They have vision, but it's the wrong vision. And mm-hmm. so we want to give them the vision. We want to take someone like you and uh, the listeners out on the walk of love to meet these children. And when we get out there, you know, it opens up the door to other programs, okay? It could be a creative arts program that we can bring in here. Okay, it could be a reading program that you know, like what we do, that you know, we can bring to these children. Uh, it could just be a program where volunteers come out and say, "Look, I want to spend time with you, just to you know, give you a hug and go out and have fun." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, or it could be uh, a time where we bring businessmen in and say, "Look, you can have a, you know, you can have a better life for yourself. You know, go, go to college." Uh, get your degree, and you can do what I do. You don't have to do drugs, slang drugs. And so, um, you know, we want to put people in these kids' lives, so that's what's going to change them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So what, what have you seen, like, for example, with that girl, uh, you know, she wasn't talking, and then, and then she, she began talking. Um, have you seen people, have you seen children go from a place of, of just trauma and terror uh, and and seeing kind of that, that transformation in them to open up and 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 begin to flourish again from from these different programs and, and and the walk of love and things like that. Oh yes, it's it's amazing the fruit that you get from love, man. One example is we had a young man that uh, I call him young, even though he's a child. Uh, he was in uh, elementary school, and uh, he was a part of our choir. We went to pick him up. Um, you know, in, in the band, we're going to pick him up. Uh, his grandmother, who was raising him, called me and said, "Look, Papa Joe, uh, you know, you can't come get him today." He says his dad was uh, murdered uh, just an hour ago. And um, you know, this is a child. This, this young man, uh, unlike a lot of uh, children, his his dad was in his life. He didn't live with him, but he was in his life. He came and visited him regularly, uh, make sure he had all his needs. Uh, so, you know, it devastated this, this, this child. And so, you know, statistics say that this guy, this, this boy would just go crazy. You know, you, you know, end up dropping out of school or just become a, you know, have a bad attitude, you name it. But just spending time with this child, showing love with this child, being a surrogate parent with this child, a few years later, you know, when he leaves junior high school, he was nominated as the uh, student of the year uh, in his class, and he had all A's. And <laughs> wow. yeah, and he's a success story just because we showed love to this child. We just put ourselves in the, in the life of this child, and he saw. Well, even though I lost my dad, you know, there's someone else that God has put in my life that truly loves me, 
Yeah, and and that's huge. Like when when you lose someone very close to you like that, it can be polarizing. But for for you know, like you said, someone to step in and be a surrogate parent, that's um, that that holds him in 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 the arms of love, if you will, that otherwise he wouldn't feel and have um, in his life. Um, so the, the next question I have for you is, you know, working with with kids and and um, you know what it does for them. You and and really anyone within the community, you know. Uh, that it, it helps make their their life easier. It helps it helps them feel loved, <clears throat> and does all these things. But um, for for you doing that work, you know, it's something. And, and I've done similar work in my life. I worked at a at a at risk youth um, kids camp in Connecticut for a few summers, and it was just something that really kind of shaped me as a human being, and it really helped me uh, see the value in in giving and 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 loving and caring. Uh, for someone that is less fortunate and someone that doesn't have the same opportunities um, that I have or have had in life, so um, knowing that, like what, and seeing that, what does that do for you? Like how, each time you do this kind of work, what what reward or benefit do you get from doing that? Because I think it's important for people to see what you know what what they get out of it. I mean, obviously, it's great to give, but. When you know there's something in it for you too, you're more likely to to do this type of work. So, what does that? How does that benefit you in your life? Well, I'm gonna tell you. Um, there, um, when I was growing up, uh, I wanted to be a samurai warrior. The other character I wanted to be was Tarzan, David. Believe it or not, um, I'm a black guy, and there's something about the color of my anatomy that wouldn't let me be Tarzan. But I wanted to be Tarzan, and. Uh, I would watch these old Tarzan movies, Johnny Wisemuller or something, one of the first Tarzan characters, you know, um, people that played that. And um, in those movies, oftentimes um, the um, the white man would come into the jungle, okay, and there would be this little, there'd be this black guide that nobody knows how, but he knew English. Okay, he knew both the uh, language of the jungle and he knew English, and so he would lead these uh, missionaries into the jungle to help those uh, uh, people in need. Well, um, I couldn't be Tarzan, but I kind of look at myself as a little black guy. Okay, I, I'm kind of like a middleman uh, between these children that really need love and the people actually that need to give love. I've, what I've seen is this. The people that we take out, the volunteers we take to the communities of these poor children, I believe that many times they're more blessed than the children, man. Yeah. <laughs> when you look in a movie and you see the Sam character, you know, you see a transformation from a woman that was broken. I mean, her life was, you know, it was just a tragedy. And she didn't, uh, she was, you know, full of depression like a lot of people in our country. Like, you know, she didn't have any hope. And so we have people like that, you know, every month that we take out just to meet these children. And when they when they touch the lives of these children, you get these these uh three, four year old, ten year old unassuming children and they see someone that comes in and just wants to give them a hug. You know, and if a, if you come there as a volunteer broken and you get a hug from this little child who doesn't even know you. It's like it just does something to your heart, man. It makes you feel like you worked something, you know. <laughs> and so I get to see people's lives transform. As Papa Joe, <clears throat> as Papa Joe, I get to see people's lives transform, both on the receiving end and the giving end, man. Mm-hmm. 
and that's that's really cool and that's for me that's exactly you're you're right when you say that 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 when when you're giving like that you you can see that almost that is you feel more benefit and you feel um like you've received more than you've than you've given and that's hard to that's hard to comprehend and understand when when you just say it and you're like huh but but once you experience it and you really are there and you're present and you're open and and you're loving on people um it it does something like it opens your heart in a way that that you can't open just by you know casually you know being nice to people it's it's a different it's a, it's a different it's a different space that you operate in so um I'm curious about uh, you know in the movie the the woman the artist is is she still what's is that is that was that based on a true character or, or what's the answer is yo I say that a lot is yo means yes and no David okay. <laughs> gotcha yeah it's yes and no um, the young Sam that you see in the movie the the, the child. You know, it was very close. It was very true to form. Uh, you know, I had this, um, you know, this young, this, this white girl that just became, you know, became like a, a, a best friend to me that helped me out. And, you know, as you'll see in the movie, let's put it that way. The uh, the oldest Sam, we added some creative license to her. She actually is a composite character. What composite means? We take uh, we take lives and you know, lives and, and experiences of. of several types of people, you put it into one character, mm-hmm. okay? That, and the reason why, the, uh, reason why the, the producers and the writer did that, they wanted to show more of a fullness of what Denise and I deal with each month. You know, what types of people comes into our lives? What types of people are uh, being transformed? How do they come to us when, uh, you know, when they first come on a walk of love or they first want to, you know, take part in ministry? Um, do they need help also? That type of thing. And so um, when we did the movie, I agreed to uh, make this film character composite just so we can reach out and, uh, let's just say, uh, people that watch the movie and particularly the females can experience, you know, what we go through each, you know, each month and what they can experience on, in a program like what we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Awesome. So at this point in your life, you know, you've done amazing things and it's, it, your story has so much depth and, and so much, uh, such a range of, of emotion and, and um, heart and um, highs and lows. And, you know, it's like, it, it's, it, it almost seems like a, I don't know, like a Disney movie. It's, it's almost like a fairy tale to some degree. And um, it's, it's so enriching and, and rewarding. And, and at this point in your life, you know, um, you know, working with Walmart and, and creating programs like this and scaling, uh, scaling what you're doing and basically, in a sense, duplicating who you are and what you believe uh, in order to help others mimic that and create that positive change in their communities. Um, what, how can someone like me or anyone listening, how can we do the same things within our communities to uh, bring that that light and that love into our communities and to the people that really need it. Where do you recommend if someone has a heart for this kind of, uh, of work or just wants to experience love at a deeper level, where do you recommend someone would start in their own community? Well, um, on the unconditionalthemovie.com, that, that website, 
we put a tab on there called ACT, A-C-T. And what we did, uh, we connected with nonprofits, David, all over the country. And, uh, you know, it's limited. We got several hundred, I believe, on there. And, and so uh, one part of the answer to your question is uh, people that watch the movie and actually know, you know, about who we are, they can go online to unconditionalthemovie.com and go to the, and hit that tab. And they can find nonprofits in their area and maybe choose to uh, go and volunteer and serve in whatever types of nonprofit they want to. It might be you know, something similar to what we do. It might be an after-school program. It might be uh, a creative arts program or whatnot. So that, that's one of your answers. You, know, you, can, you can find an organization in your area already. And, you know, and another answer, uh, we would really love, uh, love everyone to go to our site, Elijah's Heart. It's uh, E-L-I-J-A-H-S-H-E-A-R-T.com and sign up for our newsletter, and also uh, give us your name for thegiftregistry.org. Uh, uh, we want to connect with uh, as many people as possible. Like I said, I travel uh, throughout the country working with nonprofits, and uh, we support other nonprofits. But we want you to get uh, connected with this National Walk of Love program that we're doing because we're going to be setting up regional events where, um, you know, you can come out and volunteer, and uh, we can uh, ignite some things ourselves in your own uh, community. Um, with, with Unconditional, with the Unconditional Facebook uh, page, we have, uh, I don't know, somewhat over 150,000 likes on that page. And um, we would love, if you, if you watch the movie, uh, go to the Unconditional um, uh, Facebook page and uh, give us a comment. You know, and uh, we're going. We're transcribing names from that page, and we're going to be reaching out to you. Denise and I are actually writing our personal letters to the people that come on the Facebook page. And I would love for you to send a friend request to me, Papa Joe Bradford, you know, on Facebook. And we want to keep you informed and uh, updated on what's going on. And we actually really want to come into your neck of the woods. We're going to be uh, traveling uh, this coming coming year, training people in the walk of love, uh, connecting with friends and families, and I'll be speaking in various places. And if you want me to come, you know, just, uh, you know, go on uh, Elijah'sHeart.com and just, uh, you know, send an email and just sign up. Uh, is it okay if I get my email address, David? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, my email address is Papa Joe, P-A-P-A-J-O-E, at Elijah'sHeart.com. And, uh, you know, send me an email. We'd love to connect with you guys. Very cool. And, and uh, if someone is in Nashville, can they work with you personally and, and, and the work you do there? Yes. If you're in the Nashville region, um, you know, I'm easy to find. We're all over Nashville. But, you know, basically it's the same thing. If you, uh, uh, you know, send a friend request to Facebook, send us an email, and we're going to actually uh, send you information on when we have upcoming events, you know, when we can meet and go out and, you know, and just love on these kids together. Very cool. I, I hope to make it down to Nashville one of these days and, and uh, meet you personally and, and, uh, and enjoy that experience because I, I, it really, the work that you do, I mean, for, for, for everyone that I've interviewed and, you know, the, the people that I know in my life and just hearing your story and, and getting to talk to you personally, um, you have a whole lot of heart, like a lot of heart. And uh, and you have a very uh, a, you have a big heart, and you really uh, have that um, desire to help people, and and that's something that I feel like you know 
what's the work that I do? It's it's more about kind of health and mind and body and spirit and and being the best you can be. You know, like just being the best you can be and doing the best you can do. And those are those are connected to each other. And uh, and giving and loving and serving is it's there's something there's something about that uh, to to keep the heart healthy and to keep the body healthy and to keep the mind young and to and to um, and to just you know live a happy and fulfilled life. Um, yeah. I have one final question for you, and this is a little bit off the cuff, but I think it's important because you know, for, for you doing all this work for so many years now, and and you know, you have eight kids of your own, so that's like I'm kind of curious about that too, to be honest. But um, you, you know, the, all this work, you know, what what if someone really wants to, you know, and for me in my life, and I think everyone that's listening to some degree, we we want to do the best that we can. We want to give, we want to serve, and we want to make a positive impact in the world because. You know, at this point in 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 uh, the world and and society, um, there's there's really just a massive deficiency of love, and to be, you know, really to really see that there's a a really even larger deficiency of unconditional love, which is you know really yeah. what the, what the film is about because a lot of love, you know, quote unquote love nowadays is it's conditional. It's you do this for me, I do this for you. It's it's not an open hearted giving form of love. It's it's a it's a closed-hearted form of, of giving love. So, um, you know, with the work that you do, what, what, how, how would someone like that wants to serve and give? How, how do they need to think? How they need? How do they need to feel? And what, what uh, spiritual? I guess you would say what spiritual mindset and and what place should they come from in their heart when they're going to give and serve? And and what what should they be prepared for to make the 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 highest possible positive impact. Well, I'm going to tell you, um, Jesus said, if, if anyone wants to become great, you know, he must become your servant. And, uh, you know, that was a, that's a revelation. Uh, if a person thinks in a mind of serving others, uh, of, uh, of esteeming others more than themselves, and just walking in humility, then you can get the, we can get the grace from God. We can get power from God, you know, to, to overcome, uh, depression to overcome um, tragedy in life and so uh, my goal when I when I go out and uh, speak in, a, in engagements is to um, encourage people to look around them and just um, show people how much you can love them if you can if you can if you can just start practicing something you know it can become part of your character and so what we do is uh, we teach people you know start a regimen of loving, you know, how can I, how can I do something uh, for the people in my circle of influence that will uh, surprise them? You know, one day I might just start calling my friends and I say, look, thank you for being my friend. Thank you for putting up with me when I was half crazy, hmm. you know. <laughs> thank you for, um, you know, helping me out when I needed help. You know, thank you for listening to my problems, okay. You know, I might just take one day and do that. You know, another day... Um, I might just take a day out and just go visit someone and say, look, what can I do for you today? Can I cook you, you know, can I cook dinner for you? Can I, you know, just put myself into a practice of being a servant. And uh, it just changes a person's life. It changes my life. It, it surprises other people, okay? <laughs> and then it becomes contagious. Love is the most contagious thing on the face of this earth, man. And so, yeah, just uh, getting people to start practicing acts of love, acts of kindness. You know, it's it, it's one of those you know pass it on things, you know, pay it forward things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and it, 
and and that's I'm glad that you shared that because like what what you said I that really resonated with me. What you practice becomes your character. Or, you know that um, when you continue to practice something, it becomes your character. And 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 love yes. is love is the most contagious thing. And and that and 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 to some degree, as crazy as as this sounds, but it's not really crazy. Love is health. Love is nourishment. Love is yeah. it's 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 it gives vitality and health and 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 longevity and that's something that um is great too especially for the people that harry uh, that harry, that carry love and hold love and, and continue to pass it on so um uh papa joe you are awesome thank you so much for uh for doing what you do and and being who you are and, and being the change that you want to see in the world it really means a lot to me and i'm sure it means a lot to everyone in your in your life and in your community and and in anyone who you've impacted or touched through your story and your film. Um, and uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, stay healthy. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, if, is there, if there's anything I can help you with to promote and support your message or your vision, um, please don't hesitate to reach out. And um, can, can you let the listeners know, um, once again, the, the different websites and places they can go to um, find you and, and, and the projects you're working on online? I sure can. First, I want to thank you, David, for what you do. Thank you for uh, having a platform like this where people can encourage others and uh, help them have a help- healthy life and a uh, spiritual life. And yes, to, to reach uh, to reach Papa Joe, just go to Elijah's Heart, E-L-I-J-A-H-S-H-E-A-R-T dot com. And, uh, you know, I gave my email before, papajoe at elijahsheart.com. And also go to thegiftregistry.org and give us your name. You know, and please, uh, if you're a Facebook person, you know, send me a friend request. You know, I want to be your friend. You know, we can communicate like that. God bless you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you again so much. And, and actually, I do have one more question. Have you been on Oprah yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't been on Oprah yet, but uh, Michael Eagley, the guy that played my, uh, uh, you know, played my uh, character, um, he's actually friends with Oprah. I don't know if I if I ever get on there. I might, you know, but well, uh, would love to, but you know. Mm-hmm. Well, well, if Michael hears this, or anyone that knows Oprah hears this, let Oprah know that Papa Joe needs to be on Oprah because this is long overdue, and it obviously needs to happen. So. <laughs> I'm gonna pro- <laughs> I'm gonna promote this like a madman, and hopefully uh, someone that knows Oprah will uh, get the word to her because I, I really think um, that that would help uh, um, create an even larger impact. And I, I I just think it should happen. So why not <laughs> put it out there? Have a awesome, vision, man. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, thank thank you so much for your time again, and and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. You're welcome, David. Take care.